The following podcast contains spoilers and words like G, whiz, and gosh damn it. We watch it. We watch it. Hello, good people, and welcome you back can't. to We Watched a Thing. <laughs> That's right. I ripped you off, Sam. <laughs> what a it, dick. It's your boy, B. Dizzle, here with Dave and Hello. your special guest, Sam Hurley from Movie Reviews and 20Qs. How are you lads going? Oi, 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 commas! I'm fucking ready again. <laughs> Mate. You're, like oh, you're seven Aussie days now. late, but you're beautiful. <laughs> That's right. That's how important you are, Sam. You're more important to us. I made him talk MCU. about musicals for about an hour because you weren't yeah. here. Yes. <laughs> Good. Good. That's what I want to hear. But you're here. Sam is here. We're going to talk some MCU. We've got Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and then after that, what? we're going to get to some cocaine bear chat. So let's get right into it then. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is a 2023 American superhero film based on the Marvel Comics characters. Uh, It's... Fucking hell, there's too much info here. It is the 31st film in the MCU and it's directed by Peyton Reed, written by Jeff Loveness. And it stars, of course, Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Jonathan Majors, Catherine Newton, David Dust Malchain, Katie O'Brien, William Jackson Harper, nice work, Bill man. Murray, Michelle Pfeiffer, <laughs> Corey Stoll, and Michael Douglas. And, oh, geez, there's two of you to pick from. Oh, all right, Sam, what's yeah. it about, mate? <laughs> uh, I, I love how you're picking on me for this because I watched it two weeks ago and I <laughs> missed you and I've got baby brain. I don't know what yeah. the fuck I'm doing. I don't know where I am. Big I people get small. On. Uh, Basically, we continue the adventures of Paul Rudd's character, Scott Lang, aka Ant-Man. It's sort of a family tale in which his young daughter inadvertently creates a portal to the quantum realm, which sucks off (laughs) her dad, her mum, her granddad, sucks off her grandma as well, sucks them all off down to the quantum realm. Where they then try to reconnect with each other before they get reverse sucked back into uh, wow to the real world. I've never been that interested in science, but now I want to discover this quantum realm. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. That's that's pretty much it. That's pretty much the the plot of quantum. (laughs) Well, I got I got to ask you this because you are the biggest MCU fan I know, which is why you always hop on for these episodes. But I know I'm losing weight, man. I'm no longer the biggest (laughs) one, you know. I'm pretty sure there's others out there that are piping me on the scales, but yeah. But I I know he and Julio need to have a way off. I think it's a little unfair. (laughs) I know that even you have been waning interest in the MCU. I know that even you have no. felt the fatigue. No? No waning no? interest. Hell no. Okay, I'll, I'll put it this way. I don't go and see them twice at the movies anymore, but I blame that on being a parent. I don't yeah, blame that on my dislike for these films. Yeah, why? Because they're not as good as they used to be. My interest isn't waning. I'm still going to go see every yeah. single one of these films. I'm going to pump them into my veins. Give me that TV show. Give me She-Hulk twerking with Megan the Stallion. I don't give a shit. Oh, I love it all. I love She-Hulk. She-Hulk was good. All right, so how how excited were you for this one then? Like, where were your excitement levels? Oh, not at all. I couldn't give a shit about that, man. <laughs> See, this ironically, strangely, for some reason, I have no idea why, this is the first one in, like, two, three years that I was excited to see. I, I don't I know keen. why. You were I keen? Was, I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've liked both the previous ones. Yes. I mean, Paul Rudd, obviously, is Paul Rudd. Everyone loves Paul Rudd. If you don't love Paul Rudd, you're not a human. But <laughs> the, the the way they've treated the Ant-Man character, I've really enjoyed because it's not grandiose, you know, world-saving stuff. It's a small guy dealing with these miraculous superpowers, yeah. but in, in his normal human world, and that's what's really worked. Until that's now. Why, I was going to say, that's why I find this movie a strange thing to do. I, I'm i completely out of movie news. I had no idea that this was where we were getting... Um, fuck, is it Kang? Kang fuck the is Conqueror. it Kang? <laughs> I was going to say Kodos, because my mind was <laughs> to the Simpsons. Fucking hell, um, Billy. But, <clears throat> yeah, I, I had no idea that this is where we were getting Kang. But it seems like a weird place for that to happen. Like you say, these movies have always been quite small and intimate. And here it's, we are with this massive it's a weird choice adventure that's introducing Ant-Man the next being villain. the guy to introduce Kang 
properly into the the cinematic universe as opposed to the TV universe. But because of the corner that they've written themselves into with Loki, it kind of had to be Ant-Man because they've worked the whole multiverse thing into the Kang storyline. Right. And the only character that could really introduce him into the movies was Ant-Man. I haven't, so, I haven't seen Loki, but Sam, I've got to ask you because you always know all of this stuff. And if you don't, you make it up and it sounds like you do, which is fantastic. So, <laughs> is Quantumania a comics book storyline? Like, is this how Kang is either introduced or is he presented in this form anyway in the comics? I can see you're looking away. I'm guessing you're Googling. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm not Googling, but it, it's it, a, it, it is and it isn't. It's a mixture. It is. It is. And it is. Yeah, that you're great. Like the, a lot of a lot of the stuff that features in this, in terms of like the different variants of Kangs and um, you know, throughout history, like they basically had very early on in the Avengers comic book series a couple of villains pop up that later were retconned and turned into versions. Yeah, of Kang. right. And yep. like he he's always been like the conqueror. That's his thing. He wants to take over worlds. And then there's the Secret Wars storyline from 2015, which I've read once but barely remember. <laughs> Um, so I don't really want to go into too much detail of my knowledge on that. So yeah, it is what it is. I mean, like all of these ones, like you're never going to get a faithful adaptation of a comic book directly. You know, you're never going to get the Watchmen, or, or the, I'm trying to think of another one that's even closer. Yeah. To so yeah. yeah, it just doesn't mm. work. Yeah, especially with Marvel, when they you, you, even more than DC, you've literally got storylines on top of storylines on top of storylines, characters being retconned almost out of existence over the decades to try and keep them relevant. And, I mean, as you said, Sam, I mean, you've got so many versions of Kang and we saw a few at the end of this, which we'll no doubt get to, but it's it's an almost impossible task to bring to screen. And um, to a point, they kind of did okay, even though they made some, I think, ridiculous decisions in terms of- (laughs) Whoa, cracking out the- Word. I'm it's gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. Harder. I'm gonna have to beep that out, mate. <laughs> Just right, well, yeah, stupid I mean, choices in terms of the script. Okay, let's start there because I, I heard nothing but negative things about this film. This film has pretty widely been panned. Is it now? Has it now effect, efficient? Has it now officially done worse than Eternals, or is it still slightly higher than that in terms of reception? I don't know, because in the immortal words of Jay-Z, fuck critics, they can kiss my whole <laughs> asshole. If you don't like my lyrics, you can push fast forward. I I, I was, I'd like, similar to you, I went into yeah. this. Like, everyone was talking about about how fucking abysmal it's going to be. I don't think it's that be. bad. I, it's this not, it is absolutely not abysmal. This movie delivered it's exactly not, what I expected. It's not as bad as Multiverse of Madness. It's not as bad oh, as no. no Way Home. Here's ah. my thing. If this movie was released six years ago, exactly the same film, I think the reception would have been much better. I think that what we're seeing with critics more is the MCU and superhero fatigue rather than a reaction to the actual film. Because I think the film itself is fine. I think it does what it says on the tin. I had a decent enough time. I like Paul Rudd. I think he's having fun with it. Do I think it's a great movie? Absolutely not. I think there's plenty of flaws, which we'll get to. But on the whole, this movie did what I thought it was going to do. Do you guys agree? I'm I'm right I mean, absolutely, I'm right there with you. Like my problem is, I feel well, like we're living in the post in-game era, post Infinity War, post in-game, yeah. where like uh, I'm going to use the word filmmaking, and obviously it's not Scorsese. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not that. But like Infinity War and in-game set these such high levels mm. of filmmaking of like bringing in all these yeah. characters, giving them all their dues, telling a like condensed, well, you know, condensed version of a comic book story into two films that was accessible, relatable. You know, like it was the culmination of ten years. And unfortunately, when you hit such a high note, yeah. it's impossible to follow after it mm. with anything. No, so no. like even even a lot of ways, there's small intimate moments in this which was missing from Endgame and Infinity War. But at the same time it's like again you're right like if this film would come out before those films would be sitting and going oh yeah it was quite yeah. horrible you know yeah I it was right sort of i yeah. hear a lot of a lot of complaints about the fact that phase 4 hasn't had this incremental build up to a big bad the way the previous phases have and if you hadn't had the previous phases no one would be caring people would be exactly. going looking at each individual film or TV show and going, do I like it? Do I not like it? Is it good? Is it bad? I also think Who people- Who cares are about whether or not it's part of a bigger story? 
The yeah. phase, you know, I mean, partly it's Marvel's fault for calling it Phase Four and and, and creating yeah, these these phases. True. But at the end of the day, each property should be really assessed on its own merits. You know, She-Hulk is a great fucking TV show. Who gives a shit whether it's part of a bigger whole or not? It's just a great TV show. And yes! so on, you know, <laughs> like and and Phase Four TV has been by and large, with a couple of exceptions, really fucking strong. The movies of Phase Four have been shit, but. That's because they're bad movies, not because <laughs> they're not part of a longer overarching storyline that every yep. phase must fucking have. And I think that's an, a, just a, a null criticism. It, it doesn't matter whether or not this phase mirrors the previous phases in terms of its structure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Each property, I mean, unfortunately, the films have been largely lacklustre, but- it's not because there's not an overarching plot line. It's just because they're bad yeah. films. All right. Well, now that we've explained why the film isn't shit, let's talk about how shit this film is, all right? It's, it's pretty <laughs> fucking mediocre. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do not get me wrong. I'm gonna but it's mediocre for score, different like- reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's not for the reasons that, like, people are saying. No, like, everyone else yeah. is wrong, but the yeah. film is still not great. <laughs> uh, that's correct. Can, can we address what I what I feel like was my biggest criticism about this? Eventually, because- Lily's hair. <laughs> yeah, oh, let's talk about the hair. Yeah, I, the hair. <laughs> what is that hair? Oh my! What God. style is she going? Her manager needs to be fired. She went through what six years of lost, looking stunning on a fucking desert island with no makeup or anything. Yeah, yeah. And now it has to deal with this shit. <laughs> All right, sorry I derailed you. Super there, Karen. Sam. Sorry, what, what's your what's your actual problem with the film? Unhair super related? Karen. No, Super Karen. Super <laughs> Karen. I fucking hate. It. Fortunately for me, and I made this joke in the message. I mean, her name's in the title, Ant Man of the Wasp. She's in a. She's oh, been, yes, she's I, I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. That was one of my biggest issues with it as well. Is uh, half these characters get completely sidelined. Um, I think this movie should have just been called Ant-Man because the Wasp is barely there at all. No. I mean, what the fuck are even Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer He fucks doing? off for the entire film and then comes back with some miraculous ant race that has evolved over a thousand years for whatever fucking bullshit yeah. reasons. Um, they then go and chill out and go hang out down at the pub while everyone's having a battle and yeah. come in. <laughs> Because insects yeah. can evolve brains, apparently. Whatever. I'm, I'm guessing that this is something you know, Sam. Cassie Lang, she must have a superhero code name. Stature! Is it? Is that what it is? Yeah. Irrespective of the fact that, let's face it, we're all sick of fucking teenagers who lose their parents becoming super scientists because they've got nothing else to do, because that's just what happens. But no, uh, Cassie Lang in the comics is uh, Stature. She does have a suit and all that sort of shit. Well, this should have been called Ant Man and Stature, then, in my opinion. <laughs> I would that that would have been a way better movie to me. <laughs> Does anyone else feel sorry for the poor actress that was playing? Can you hear us, Sam? Cassie, in um, Endgame? Yeah. Who then, because she's not as well known as Catherine Newton, didn't get the gig for this? No, I feel bad for no one. Catherine Newton's way fucking better. <laughs> <laughs> but she's, she's not fucking good in this She was good in Freaky She's not good in this Nah, she's good in everything You leave Catherine Newton alone <laughs> you got problems, bro You've got problems <laughs> She's not tall <laughs> No, I, I've seen a lot of Chris, criticism of Catherine Newton in this film and I honestly don't get it. Like I said at the start, which oh, is, you she's know, not the worst thing. She, I, I just she's don't. She's totally think- fine. I think she's totally she's, fine, she's but she okay. gets given some bullshit dialogue. <coughs> oh, oh yeah, but, yeah. but they they all do. I don't think anyone makes the dialogue in this film work. Even the Paul only Rudd. person who has good dialogue in this film is David Delmecchio. <laughs> yeah. I have holes. Yeah, because that even, was amazing. Even Paul Rudd doesn't make this dialogue work at all. I think How the do you only make actor- Paul Rudd not. Charismatic and funny for half the Ex- movie. Yeah, exactly. That's, How is that? That impossible? takes some fucking doing. Yeah, I I feel like fuck Jonathan Majors. I feel like Jonathan Majors <laughs> is the only one in this film showing any ac- acting chops. Yeah, I forgot his Quality name for a minute. Podcast. What of it? <laughs> <laughs> I I think that his Kang is is very enjoyable to watch, and I don't up like, until the post credit scenes. Yeah. 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 
Um, I, I quite liked Michelle Pfeiffer. I thought she yep. was all right with the very, like, the, the Oscar moment scene that they gave her. You know, I thought that was all right when she was, like, discussing how, yeah, it was kind of, like, excessively exposition. But at the same time, when she's, like, discussing her life and, you know, within the quantum realm and how she's come to be the person that she is sort of thing, I thought that was interesting. She yeah. she did really well with that, given that plot-wise it, it, it kind of made zero sense <laughs> that she would have not even mention the fact that for 30 years she'd lived this life with this entire fucking society and just not mentioned it at all. This is Despite the fact that everyone in her life is a genius scientist who is investigating the quantum realm and may stumble across this shit at any moment. You'd think she would have How do you keep quiet the fact that you've banged (laughs) Bill Murray? I mean, that's (laughs) like- (laughs) This is my biggest issue with the film, actually, is the way that I think- the lore around the quantum verse changes even throughout the film oh, itself. Oh, don't get me started on Where the, the fuck did all these time people Time is different, from? bullshit. Not even yeah. just the time stuff. Where did all of the citizens of the quantum realm come from? Oh, when it's she's like the telling fucking the backstory of her from and- Star Wars. Yeah. Are we, yeah. Meant to re- are we meant to believe that the quantum realm has infinite number of planets? Yeah. Or is it one world that has yeah. 7,000 fucking species of- all living in yep. harmony. And when she's telling the backstory about Kang and how he was... Stra- it, 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 She's telling that story as if these two were stranded on a deserted planet. Like, there's nobody else around. They're helping each other, trying to get home. And But we know that there's fucking billions of people living down here. And it doesn't not make a any single sense. one of them is the same species. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally every character in this film is a different race. Except it's, for those buildings. All those buildings were the same. Well, yeah. <laughs> but the sentient buildings. Okay. What the hell? <laughs> but everyone else, every single other character is a different species. Apart from the two humanoid ones being Bill Murray and Chidi Adagonway from fucking Good Place. Yeah. Who I yeah, like him. He should have been. I like more. him. He was great. He should have had more, but he didn't. Um, but everyone else. How are they even reproducing? It's just a whole bunch of people that have been sucked off down to the quantum <laughs> rapper. <laughs> Different spaces and places and planets. They've been sucked off and now they've ended up down to the quantum rapper. Oh, listeners, I wish you could see Sam's face. He is so proud of his own joke <laughs> right now. Is giving himself the giggles bit time. Can you smell the smoke <laughs> through your earphones? <laughs> uh, can we talk about? Can we talk about my? Um, oh, I've got a dear friend that does a podcast with me, Machu, who's notorious for having a massive head and short arms and legs. <laughs> I know where we're going. If you finished, so I messaged him and said, "What do you think?" And he said. Fuck you. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know where this is going. I was like, they wasted about $20 million CGI budget when they could have just cast you. <laughs> but let's talk about it. Yep. How terrible does Modoc look, right? All right. Like, I look, I want to I want I want to defend on Billy's behalf, I'm going to defend the CG guys because everyone's slagging off the CG in this because of Modoc. Yeah. I reckon the blame lies with the writers. Once you've made the fucking stupid decision to put Modoc as a character in this, I reckon the CG guys did about as good a job as anyone could do. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The, yeah, I'm gonna the problem is the decision to fucking put him in there. Once he's in there, I don't reckon you could make him look much better than that. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys an unpopular opinion here. I, I don't hate Modoc. I think that the design is actually... I don't know. There's something interesting about it. And I think it's supposed to be played as a gag, particularly at first. And this is where I think the big problem with Modoc is. I think you're right. I think it's the writing, Dave. Because oh, it is. that, that first Although, reveal. My to be fair, I think audience, some of the funniest lines were when he was dying. Yeah. but I think when, Darren, yeah. whoever, um, Corey Stoll, I think, did. Yeah. And the, the, the idea of bringing him back and him being Modoc, I thought was an interesting twist. Yeah. And I think he did a good job and delivered some funny lines. I just yeah. think it was a fucking stupid decision to have the but character. But that first reveal where he took his mask off and you see his face, my entire audience pissed themselves laughing. <laughs> and look, you can look at that two ways. Are we laughing you at can. it or with it? 
Yeah. Uh, I genuinely feel like that was the intention. I feel like it was supposed to be funny because, let's face it, there's not a lot else comedy in this film, and it's an Ant-Man film. These films are inherently comedies. Like, they have in the past been quite silly. We're missing I Louis think they in this one, it for quite, example. I do think they treated it quite well. You had the characters literally sort of doing what the fuck yeah, and that's, a, that's I think, the reaction the audience think, was supposed to have as well. Once like, you've been told by the powers that be, we're sticking this character in there and it's not going to be the funny Patton Oswalt cartoon one. We're going to stretch a face over a giant thing. I think the writers, the CGI guys, the actors, everyone did a good job. And, and I yeah, think I the think result went with it. was yeah. I wasn't sitting there going, this is not working. It was some of the stuff that was actually probably, for me, the funniest in the movie. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, I mean, it is one of the- You're right, Dave. It's one of the, like, don't pull that character from the comics. You know, oh, you like, so. how are you- <laughs> Exactly. Like, the, the guy is a joke. Like, he's there is, an absolute there, there, joke. There is, uh, uh, I'm sure there is a, a blacklist of characters in the, in the DC Marvel world Passed around writers, as in, don't fucking do these guys because they're not going to work. Con- here's yeah, the yeah, thing, though. You here's know, thing, though. <laughs> MODOK, don't Dude, put yeah. these fucking guys in because they're going to be stupid. They're not going to work. But here's the thing, though. People would have said that <clears throat> 10 years ago. And about, then James Gunn put about, fucking poker. I was going to say, David about Rocket Raccoon and Groot. <laughs> People would have yeah. said that about Rocket Raccoon and Groot and then <clears throat> Gunn made it work. Yeah. So, I think- one and that I gotta say that's but, one of the but things. But they're more that I of like a Howard the, the Duck MCU. thing. That's all in the writing. It's not in the visuals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Modok has a serious problem just in <laughs> the fucking visuals and how you bring that to screen. I do. I do get a little bit excited when they pulled him out of that ooze and he was a giant head and just a little naked ass and <laughs> daggly legs. I was like, that's what Machu looks like naked, eh? <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope you listen to this much, you piece of shit. <laughs> I love you, bro. Oh, can we address my fucking bugbearer about the fact that in the Marvel Universe, anyone who loses their parents turns to science and becomes the greatest scientist on the fucking planet? Yeah, that's Peter correct. Parker, yep. Cassie Lang, the fucking old little mate from fucking Iron Man 2, every kid who's left alone for half an hour in a shed fucking breaks all the rules of science, and I'm sick of it. So what you're saying is I need my parents to die and then I can finally get sucked off by the quantum realm. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> you two can make holes in the gelatinous blob. Not only does she manage to surpass Hank Pym, who is the smart, what literally, apart from Reed Richards, the smartest guy in the entire Marvel Universe, Yeah, she surpasses his research in her spare time outside high school and manages to bake a, a, a bridge to the quantum realm. But that's not enough. Oh, no. In the, literally three minutes, she turns that device that could send a signal to the quantum realm into a fucking portal. Yeah. In she does three do minutes. <laughs> Fuck it- off. The the only thing I'll give it is like because we are within what four or five months of Riri Williams basically becoming the new Iron Man and being this like tech genius like at least Riri gets oh, it right. Oh, I forgot about fucking Ironheart. Wait, there's another what? kid. There's a new Jesus Iron Man. Christ. Well, that yeah, that's that's fucking other little kid who builds an Iron Man suit. Yeah, well, takes Tony forever. Stark yeah, half Riri his life and and yeah. and all his technology, but no, some kid does it in half an hour. Exactly. So, like, we're within months of Wakanda Forever where we've got, like, a new Iron Man, basically. And then we've got this girl basically being the new genius. But at least the dum-dum here is just, like, doesn't have any fucking idea what she's doing. <laughs> pretentious, like, pretentious Zoomer who's just like, oh, check this shit out, guys. This is one for the TikTok. Oh, I'm off. <laughs> oh, no, Dad's been caught behind there. Let me just tinker with this thing for two minutes and I'll turn it into a portal to the quantum world that no one's ever been able to do before. Exactly. I mean, technically. These these films are now set in the future, right? Like everything, uh, huh? No, nah, they're kind of in present time. Yeah, it's yeah. present. But time. isn't everything post snap now? Five years in the future? Like no, I that was the end- five years, but that, that we made up that five years between films. Yeah. Did we? Because Endgame yeah. was set in twenty twenty four, wasn't it? They never named the year. I thought yeah, they, they did. Never really named- 
Nah, but it, we, we, in the now time sort of thing, like the five years did get caught up over those. So they've caught up now. Yeah, the okay. space of having a Captain Marvel that was set in the past and all that sort of shit. Like we basically caught up, yeah. Mm. Okay. I just assumed that we were still five years in the future. And you think five years in the future we can build portals to the quantum realm? <laughs> I like to think so. I mean, don't Any you teenager guys, in high school? Aren't, aren't you guys constantly waiting for the flying car? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and has it happened? No, but I'm still waiting. When was Back to the Future 2 set? <laughs> yeah. 2015, yeah. 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 Lost in, spa- Lost in Space was set in 1997. <laughs> yeah, we ain't getting flying shit. Yeah. We're not. Wasn't Blade Runner 2017? They'd have flying cars as well. Yeah. Even yeah. the dystopian version's lying to us. <laughs> you guys have all seen that timeline thing of all the science fiction movies and where we are on it. We're basically at Soylent Green levels. We're not getting flying shit. We're about to start eating one another. <laughs> yeah, let's just start eating one another. <laughs> yeah, and that is, that is probably the most accurate of all of the sci-fi films. I don't think we're that far off that. <laughs> yeah, Trump will get back into power and he'll invade most of the third world countries and turn them into food farms. <laughs> America! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah! All right, I, I've got to ask. Let's get back on the cast. What did you guys think of Bill Murray in this film? Unnecessary. Shouldn't have been there. I kind of yeah. could get on board with um, Goldblum in Ragnarok. Oh, I hated because, Goldblum in Ragnarok. Because he was fun. He was way out of place and he kind of shouldn't have been there. And it was like a train hitting the movie. But I love Jeff Goldblum and I just kind of found him funny enough that I could get on board with it. Bill Murray just was the most ridiculous stunt casting in this, and he, he added nothing, shouldn't have been there. It was out of place. and it, it- I, I agree. I think it's like the joke was, hey, it's Bill Murray. Like his his reveal as a character was the joke, and then it's not like yeah, he completely. actually did or said anything funny. No. It was just supposed to be funny that it was Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, I agree. Like he's a no-name character. He's- you know, like popping up in this movie, he's supposedly like a bit of comic relief, and you know, just implying that he's been banging Michelle Pfeiffer, which good on him, fair enough. I would. But <laughs> yeah. like, what the hell? Like, what, what's his point? What is the point it, of him? It, 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 it does carry, like the character. And even if it wasn't Bill Murray, if it was a no-name actor, I'd kind of still be going, why was that character there? Yeah. What purpose did it serve? Did did, did the character serve? I mean, and we always knew he was going to Lando it, right? Like, the moment he appeared, I was like, well, he's going to turn them in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow, what do we have here? <laughs> I, I, I could do with an entire movie about Veb. Who's Veb? David Delmacchian's yeah, come on. character. Who oh. had, he had holes, Billy. Holes! He had holes! Oh, gelatinous blob. <laughs> You know, for a long time, I thought that was Michael Cera. It didn't yes. sound, it, yeah, it, it it sounded more like it didn't. I had to, I had to look it up. It didn't sound like David Duchovny at all. Yes, but I could his totally character. See I liked Cheedy. I liked. I could do with a movie about that kind of rebel uprising. Yeah, I agree. You know, what would be cool, um, like a like an MCU version of Rogue One. Yeah, where everyone's a different species, and there they have funny jokes about holes. <laughs> Well, I think we're going to get that, Billy. I don't want to spoil anything, but I think Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I think we're going to see a lot of people cack it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. well, they've, I, got, they've got to wrap that trilogy up. Yeah, well, Gun City's done. Um, well, of course, he's, he's, said- he's fucking over at DC making kajillions of dollars now. He doesn't give a shit about the MCU. Absolutely, he he's out. done. Dave Bautista thinks Drax is a joke of a character and he's played him for too long. And so he's he- actually getting proper acting roles now, even if they are with M. Night Shyamalan and Ding Dong. <laughs> exactly. So, is, that, uh, is that the next MCU film we get? I believe so, yeah. Oh, Marvel. God, I'm failing. What the hell Marvel- has happened to me? Marvels is next, isn't it, before Guardians? Yeah, I feel like it is the Marvels and Guardians later this year. Give me right. We haven't Larson. had a trailer for I the Marvels. We had a trailer for Guardians. Yeah, I saw the trailer for Guardians before <laughs> this one. It was the first time I'd seen it. Um, I'm yeah. not keen. <laughs> yeah, well, someone someone dies because you've got style. You've you've got Chris Pratt showing emotion. So yeah, but you've that only also happens got, when someone dies. You've also got yeah. Gamora in the trailer. I'm assuming that they're flashbacks, perhaps. No, no come no, on, man! Infinity fucking War. watch all the movies before you comment. Gamora yeah, exactly. Is back. She came back with Thanos. 
Infinity War, she dies. Endgame, she comes back with Thanos, but it's a different Gamora before she and met And so she, d- she has no relationship with Star-Lord oh, because she's yeah. come from the past. She's standing there hanging out with Nebula, and yeah, she's like, oh, I sleep with this yeah. guy. And she's like, oh, it was either him or a tree. I'm come on now how bad that movie was. Yeah. Fuck, Endgame was a piece of shit. Oh, you can suck <laughs> all of my balls. All three. You can suck all of them at once, Billy. All right. Well, speaking of notorious pieces of shit, how are we all scoring Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania? <laughs> Given that the entire film should never have happened because the Quantum Realm timeline does, doesn't work that way, it's well established that five hours in the quantum realm is five years in the real world and therefore come on bring it Sam. Bring it, bring it bring it he went down a time vortex the time vortex is different from the quantum realm sam you've got to push your glasses up on your face i do actually i do actually 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 michelle pfeiffer even says in one of the films don't go into a time vortex we can't rescue if you go into a time vortex he goes into a time vortex. i've heard all this stuff about the fact there's different layers and he didn't go as deep as she did so is that what happened so the the logic of the mcu then sam and i and i want to make sure i'm getting this right is that if you go a little bit into the quantum realm Time is all fucked up and it doesn't happen the same way. But if you go all the way into the quantum realm, time happens exactly the same as it does in the real world. Yeah, it's 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 the just the tip principle. Exactly. It's <laughs> if you bullshit. Get, if you get, and the if writers you get sucked it up all the way off fix it. into the quantum realm. <laughs> anyway, I would say, given that Kang had magical weapons that could disintegrate all of his enemies and he decided to stop using them when the main characters turned up and used... Weapons that just kind of push, push, push them a bit. Um, I will give this about a. I'm going to give it a five and a half out of ten. Ooh. Sam, no, you go, Billy. I want to, I want to hear. I'm, <laughs> all right, I, I'm a, I'm a six. I'm, I'm, I'm like a high six, low seven. I reckon. Like I said, I honestly think if this came out five years ago, it would have been received. What did you much, give White Noise again? Seven and a half, something like that. Yeah, oh, fucked. I reckon. I reckon. This <laughs> yes, is, crazy, eh? White noise is not that much better than this. Oh Honestly, my this- god! <laughs> How do we do a show together? <laughs> Sam, fix this, please. Yeah, I'm going to give it a twelve. <laughs> Classic Sam. I'm usually obligated to give all of these Marvel films a score over ten thousand out of ten thousand, like we do in our show. So I'm going to give it a twelve. No, in reality, it's like a six point two. Like whatever, whatever, yeah. like a passing. Um, it's you pretty. Know. It's it's fine. You you didn't hate your time, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever what it is on Rotten Tomatoes that gets them into the fresh category, I'd put it in there. <laughs> like I legitimately, like like it's funny because we did Morbius, and like and the, I went into Morbius like remembering all the critics reviews, everything yeah. like that. And first twenty minutes, I was like, what do those guys know? This movie isn't that bad. And then it just turned into such <laughs> a <laughs> thing. Oh my god! I thought you were about to tell no, me no, that no. you went into Morbius and you went. <laughs> And that also was a six and a half out of ten. <laughs> no, no way. Not at all. No, that movie was so abysmal. But at least first, like, honestly, I'll give it to anyone. Watch the first 10, 15 minutes of Morbius up until the point on the boat where he starts murdering people. And oh, yeah. It's like kind of like, wow, this 100% is kind of cool. agree with you. Everything after that, absolute garbage. This one, yes. it was legitimately the points where, you know, she was like saying to Modoc, you don't have to be a dick. You don't have oh. to be. And I'm like, there's a fucking war happening behind you, you fucking idiot. You know, like there was points like that that I was like, oh, okay, I'm out. I'm not, I'm not into this. Kind of, kind of like in uh, in Endgame, right? When they're in the middle of the war, there's all those casualties and deaths behind them and Captain America pauses for a moment and, and Thor tells him that he stole his beard. Kind of like that, Sam. Hey, there's no one dying except for the bad guys in Endgame. Didn't you notice that? You can't compare these Endgame did not have the premise that if you leave insects alone for a few thousand years, they'll evolve to be super intelligent beings that can, like, create electronics and that sort of shit. Hey, hey, let's also talk about that because Evangeline Lilly is a noted anti-vax slash quite extreme right-winger. Oh, is she really? Yes. I didn't know that. That disappoints me. Yeah, when there was the track rallies in Canada, she was like- You know Billy and I are like the two biggest lost fans on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. So so she's come out and said something about that, and I found it quite funny that when- um, when Hank Pym goes, say what you will about socialism, and then she's like, oh, that's enough of that, Dad. I was like, wow. <laughs> well, that, 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 
That now explains Unscripted, the meme I saw. completely ad-libbed. <laughs> that yeah, now yeah. explains the meme I saw. I, I know that you're familiar with the subreddit shitty movie details. Hell yeah. Sam. <laughs> Fantastic subreddit. There was this, <clears throat> It was a screenshot of her in the movie, just her, and the, the title was, you know, uh, in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, Evangeline Lilly spends most of the movie, you know, without her mask on. This is because she's an anti-vaxxer. And I thought it was just a, I thought it was just a joke about the movie. I didn't realize that she's actually an anti-vaxxer. That makes that so much funnier. I was about that that's to why start she's not wearing her mask. Bloody rewatch of Lost and now I'm kind of less enthused. Sorry guys. I know. It's like it's so hard to rewatch Smallville these days after all of that culty stuff. Oh yeah. Oh no, that, that, that makes it better. <laughs> that's that's weird enough that it actually makes it better. The anti-vax stuff just makes it distasteful. Weird sex cult <laughs> stuff just makes me just go, <laughs> you're in a weird sex cult. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Sam, thank you so much for joining us, for taking the time out of your out of your evening to, to talk some MCU with us. Can you tell all the good people, there you go, I stole your cash phrase again, where they can find movie reviews and 20 Qs? Nah. <laughs> people know. People I'm just pleased me. to finally talk to him in person. Been friends on Facebook for like five fucking years or something. Oh, it's been absolutely my pleasure to chat with you, David. Um, Billy, not so much, but no, well, you're only human. He's 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 a, he's a flawed human, but yeah, correct. You're wonderful. Um, I love yeah. You. Movie reviews and twenty cues. You can find us everywhere. Just search us out. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I decided not to bother doing an episode on this movie. We've actually just done an episode on Iron Man. So if you're here to get MCU <laughs> fix, go over there and listen That's to somebody. That's a good film. Yeah, I just had a high score. No shit. <laughs> Controversial opinions on that. I'm just going to say, what? if you're a Nolan bro or or a DC Ooh. bro, maybe don't listen to that episode. You're gonna. Oh, it's all right. I don't think we have any Nolan bro- bros listening to this. Not show anymore. Because, yeah, our episode on Tenant garnered our first like string of one star reviews. Like- Tenant's <laughs> fucking not good. Oh. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> you can't say I'm going to have to beep all this. No, otherwise no, we'll no. get more one star reviews. <laughs> the only thing you need to beep is my inappropriate use of the R word earlier <laughs> because we can't use that anymore. Well, thank you for joining us, Sam. We'll we'll let you go and we're going to talk about some bears doing drugs. Yeah. So, um, can't wait. And I'll, I'll see you listeners next time for the next Marvel movie, which I believe is going to be Guardians of the Galaxy based on what my Google just told me. So sweet. I'll see you guys soon. Bye. See Bye. <laughs> Alrighty then, so Cocaine Bear is a 2023 American comedy horror film directed and produced by Elizabeth Banks and written by Jimmy Warden, loosely inspired by the true story of Pablo Escobar. Uh, it features an ensemble <laughs> cast that includes Kerry Russell, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Christian Convery, Aiden Alden, fuck, <laughs> Alden Just say Aaron Reich. <laughs> Brooklyn Prince, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., Margot Martindale, and Ray Liotta. And what is it about, Dave? Drug people throw some drugs out of a plane and a bear eats them and crazy hijinks ensue. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that, that covers it. That covers it. Uh, I had heard some really mixed reviews of this. I was telling you guys off mic before we started that this morning, Topher sent me a message with a snippet from a review that was cocaine bear makes snakes on a plane look like citizen cane and i was expecting that i was in for a really bad time but i had fun what about you yeah that that review is ridiculous this is nowhere near snakes on a plane that movie was garbage this movie was heaps of fun heaps of fun i think this movie was i think it nailed the aesthetic it was going for i it think was i think exactly what it intended to do which yeah, is does very what it says funny in very splattery gore. Yep. And yep. heaps of fun. I mean, there are some fantastic scenes. The ambulance oh, scene. So when, good. When that bear sprints after that ambulance and jumps Unbelievable. Inside. I, I don't know about you. How full was your theatre? My entire theatre was pissing themselves for this entire It thing. wasn't full, but everyone was laughing. I laughed yep. out loud more in this film than I have probably in any film for at least five years. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yep. It, it's I, genuinely laugh out loud funny in places. Yes, I agree. I think when it works, it really, really works. I don't, I don't have anywhere near as many problems with this film as some other people do. I've heard a lot no. of people who thought like 
character development was weak, for example. Of course yeah. it is. I didn't come Do in they here know looking what for character sort of development. Film this is? <laughs> well, to me, this is this is, and maybe it is because I love schlocky B grade movies. You know, like I for fun will watch old sixties kaiju movies. And, you know, like, movies like The Blob. Like, I I love a schlocky, campy, outrageous, over-the-top horror film, especially when there's comedy elements. And I think this is this is the first one of these we've had in a very long time. So this took me right back to the 90s. I can't remember the last time I saw a movie that was just going out of its way to have this much fun with itself, regardless of- you know, any of the screenwriting quality or anything. It was just trying to have fun, and I think it did. Yeah, I completely agree. I think this is the closest that Elizabeth Banks has ever come to actually delivering the film that I think in her head she thinks she was delivering. Yeah. I yeah. think I was very, very hard on her Charlie's Angels film. I thought it was complete fucking tripe. Yeah. But I think she thought... She was delivering something that was a lot of fun and kind of reinvigorating that franchise. Yeah. I just think it was a complete abject fucking failure. The latter Pitch Perfect films when she took over directing. Oh, I didn't know she took over directing those. Definitely. I'm sure she did the third one. I'm not sure if she did the second. Um, But awful. Absolutely Awful. And it's not all the directing. A lot of it's the script. But the direction on this film, I think, is really, really good. I agree. I think it's I very think strong. any problems there are are with the script. And I think you, you can fall into the trap of being too hard on the script where you know there's no character development, but there's not fucking meant to be. It's not that sort of film. Who gives a shit whether you care about the fate of any of these characters? You don't. Yeah. You're not meant to. It's not important. Oh, yeah, What's to, important to, is, are you laughing yeah. and are you being surprised by sort of gory moments that happen? Yeah. Yes and yes, therefore the film does what it's supposed yeah. to do. I, I agree. It, this I is think- not fucking Babylon. You're not meant to build an entire character up for these people. You're not meant to care really when any of them die. Yeah. yeah. Apart from, I mean, obviously because it's you don't supposed want the to be kids gleeful. to die, but- it's supposed to be gleeful when characters die, and you can't have that gleeful, outrageous, like, laughing at death if, if you, you care, care about, about the characters. If you care about the fate of a character, you don't <laughs> yeah. want them to be fucking flipped out of an ambulance, dragged yeah. along the road until their yeah. face is a pile of red goo. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, let's get straight into it then. I agree. I think, for me, the quality of the screenplay can be judged on the quality of the jokes, really, like how well were they written? And I think a lot of them were very funny. When I that bear s- fuck, I was laughing. Rips into that pile of coke, and the guy's like, "Should we shoot it?" <laughs> and he's like, "Let's see what kind of effect this has on it." <laughs> to me, there's something very funny about the simplicity of that line. <laughs> let, let me ask, what do you think of the acting in the film? And do you think it matters whether they're good or not? <laughs> <laughs> it always matters, but I, I actually think that everyone was fine. Yeah, there's the, same. I, I hear a lot of criticism that you know Kerry Russell, you know, top named actor, and doesn't really have a whole lot to do. But so what? She's fine. She's good in what she has to do. She, you know, you get that she cares about her kid, and she's chasing the kid, and that's really all that this film demands of her. Yeah, I that's think. True. Um. I think she's fine. I, I actually think Aiden Ironreich, I want to say. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Han Solo. I go, um, don't look at me to pronounce names. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he's actually really good. I, yeah. I, I genuinely get his emotional arc over the film, having lost his wife, uh, ruled his best friend out of his life for a period and sort of re-engages with him. I think he's got a really good arc, and I think he does really, really well. Um, both the kids, I think, are fine. The kids, I'm they're a fine. Big Brooklyn Prince, they're okay. Fan. Florida Project was, I think, my favorite film of that year. It Who's came she? Out. She's the daughter. She, she yeah. I, yeah. Have, I haven't She's, seen Florida Project, so uh, oh my god, you have to see Florida Project. It's 
fan-fucking-tastic. Just brilliant filmmaking. Um, and she's great in that, but that film is very much- and that's It's, the only it's a bit different, this, isn't it? It's very different, and that's almost unscripted. Um, so, seeing her take on a film with a script, I don't think she's as strong in this as I expected, based on how great her performance is in that film. But, it's not a whole, uh, yeah, I, think I mean, she's basically fine. absent for most of the film. She's got a couple of yeah. humorous scenes with the other kid. Yeah. And then she's basically gone for the rest of it and, until the very yeah. end. So, probably not a whole lot she could do. Yeah. I think Mar- Margot Martindale is always great. And I think she's she, she's great in she's, this. She steals she's so the funny. Yeah. Um, and is probably the most surprising death. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, when she flies out of that ambulance. I kind of thought she was going to make it because, A, she's a big-name actress. Yeah. Big-ish. Um, and also because you kind of think that they've got away. Yeah. And it's also one of those classic tropes, you know, like she's the small town sheriff. Like, yeah. They usually live. <laughs> Particularly when you've got a name actor in that role yeah. and nobody's yeah. as the ambulance, the two ambulance staff. Yeah. Um, but no, they all buy the farm. <laughs> in yeah. Probably the best scene in the film, let's face it. That was yeah. fucking magnificent. Yeah. Um, that- that- I and then the other scene I really loved, like I said before, was the scene where the bear is just ripping into the cocaine, and the the guy on the roof just like rips open the bag and he's pouring it down. <laughs> it's like snowing on the bear. Just when it really leans into that full over the top absurdist, like that's when this film really works for me. I mean, Aiden, I'm <laughs> lying there going, "No, no, it's a female bear." <laughs> Yeah, how do you know? Because you know? a vagina it's is vagina's in my on face. My face. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we know there is no way that biologically that is possible because the bear basically went head to head yes. with him when it fell down. And I know enough about physiology to know that to know that the, the vagina was not that nowhere near his face. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. That line was the funniest line in the film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know what else I loved about this film? The score. I thought the score was really, really strong. I didn't. I I, I didn't even notice it, to be honest. Oh, which is a testament to how much I was laughing, I suppose. But yeah, it's really top notch. I think the score itself is really fitting, but also all of the the music choices. There's quite a few songs in the film which we don't actually see a lot of anymore. I think that's one of the things that took me back to the nineties. Numerous times in this film, I kept second-guessing myself at how much I was laughing because I felt like I should be sympathising with these poor animals that were in this situation. (laughs) Because let's face I mean, the real situation, if if indeed, and I haven't bothered to look into it, I probably should have done a bit more research, but if I believe it's based on a story of bears that did actually encounter cocaine and imbibe it and- no one knows what happened to them, but the assumption, let's face died. it, is that they fucking died. Yeah, well, that's that's really- So, the, the bear itself is in a museum. Oh, to, um, they do know. It's, it's actually a thing. They do know. It, it's it's a true story. This bear, they, they found it. It didn't come in contact with anyone. It didn't hurt anyone. It basically just ate a bag of cocaine and died of an overdose almost instantly. Which is and fucking tragic. It is really, really sad, yeah. <laughs> Which only reinforces the discomfort that I did feel a few times in this film watching the these scenes and thinking, this bear is going to die. It's literally yeah. just eaten a million dollars worth of cocaine. <laughs> yeah. It is going to die. I shouldn't be laughing at this stuff. But the scenes are so funny that I am, and therefore yeah. I feel bad about myself. Particularly yeah. once you get the two little bear cubs, who are also going to die because they've also imbibed an ungodly <laughs> yeah. amount of cocaine. I totally get that. I I didn't get that feeling myself. I was just kind of caught up in the fun. But now that you've mentioned it, I don't think I'm going to get that out of my head. I think I'm going to be really sad if I it ever was, it really it. hit once the once the the cubs came in. Yeah. And yeah. we're just 
white from ears to snout with cocaine and I thought, yeah. well, you're going to die. And that's yeah. sad because your cute little baby bear cubs. Helps. It's like that South Park. Ray Liotta, episode, I want to die special. because he's terrible, but <laughs> you, you're cute. It's it's like that uh, South Park Christmas special, The Woodland Critter Christmas, where <laughs> there's the mountain lion that dies and then there's the poor little baby mountain lion cubs. And it's like, yeah, no one ever thought about its <laughs> cubs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, so, all in all, how are you scoring Cocaine Bear? Oh, look, I, I, I'm going to give it like a six. I think it, Yeah, I would recommend this to anyone. I think I was yeah. not bored- at any point, yeah, it moves I along at a pace. I think loud. the pacing is good. Yeah, multiple times, which I I can't say about anything that I've seen for years. Yeah, so I can't not recommend this. I think anyone that goes in ex- kind of expecting what you would expect from a movie called Cocaine Bear. Well, that's the thing. It's there in the title. It's called Cocaine Bear. It's like I read these articles about people being. You know, kind of upset and shocked. The relationship about the children between the mother and the parents the is not sufficiently developed. And it's just, did you read the fucking title? Yeah, it's, it's called it's Cocaine right Bear. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm. I, I've I'm thoroughly hungry. enjoyed every second with this film. Yeah, I will absolutely rewatch it. I will probably buy it, buy it on Blu-ray, <laughs> and watch it semi-regularly. For the next few yeah. years, because it is the funny scenes are so funny that I will forgive anything else. Yeah, predictably, I'm I'm higher than you. I'm a seven out of ten. I had a heap of fun with this movie. All right, what are we getting to next week, mate? I think we're getting missing, aren't we? I am so excited. I loved searching. So it I've was, been really it was one of the big surprises of the last few years. It was a seriously, seriously inventive yeah. and good film, so I'm keen. Mate, you know what else I reckon we should get to? We probably need to write down some Oscar predictions, mate. Oh, I've got some the Os- Oscar nomination complaints. Does that count? Because <laughs> <laughs> the Oscars are week after next, so I reckon we, we probably- I reckon we got to lock in some predictions. I'm happy to do that. All and right, I, well, there you go. I, I don't guarantee I'm not going to whinge about the shit that's not nominated, <laughs> but... <laughs> well, that that makes sense. We can just... The title of the episode can still just be Missing, because we'll talk about the movie Missing, yep. and then we'll talk and about what's, what's missing, missing from, from the, the Oscars. Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and I'll catch you next week. Go give us a five-star review, just for fun. <laughs> just for shits and giggles. Yeah. Not because we deserve it or anything. No! <laughs> 